Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hupka, the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach, and also a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Christina Eanes, the 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. We also have Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. And for this episode, we are so excited to welcome Alexandra Suckman. Welcome, Alex. I'm so excited to talk with you guys today. <laughs> I've been waiting. We for this. have been looking forward to this. Oh Aww. gosh, I'm I'm glad we've all been like counting down the days for this one. Not just because of the topic, not just because we're talking about games, play, and learning, but mostly because this is one of the most fun ways to get a chance to explore some of this. So before oh, I always get ahead of myself. Before we get into that, we would love it if you would say hello to all of our listeners. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. As I said, uh, I am deep down a connector, um, which is funny because I consider myself introverted, but meaningful connections to me are like what sustains me. I have friends from when I was, you know, from elementary school through college and every job I've had, uh, you know, in my entrepreneurial journey, I've made friends with a lot of people along the way. Uh, I just think that that connection is such a huge part of mental health and physical health. And now there's a lot of research that that's validating that. Um, and I think that work should be a source of meaning and connection for people. And that's what my career has focused on for the last seven or eight years is how do you remove a lot of the friction at the workplace, both process wise, but also relationship wise, so that it's easier to see your colleagues and your managers and your partners and, you know, your collaborators as allies and not people standing in your way. I feel like in a way you've already started us into our topic of the day. I mean, when you think about play and games and all of these things that don't always factor into what it means to work, there are a lot of times where people, I think, have a natural tendency to want to separate the fun from the work. We've seen that modeled probably more often than not. So Thinking about what you just said, thinking about connection and some of the opportunities that are included when you're, you're thinking about fun and games and play. What can make fun a big part of what successful work can look like? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and there's so many answers. One is, yeah, when you're doing something that you enjoy, it's easier to be your authentic self. And when you take away, when you're playing with somebody, when you're even just having a social conversation, you're stripping away a lot of the concerns that are there when it's related to work. If you're only talking about your colleagues about, we have this deadline coming up, that meeting was really terrible. Isn't it annoying how this person always asks for this at the last minute? I mean, a million different things come up every day that are very focused on, on stressors and just transactional uh transactional conversations. If you play a game, if you do something that's fun and you bring in a little bit of joy, a little levity, opportunities for creativity, you're going to see the whole person. 
And, and more and more, I think that's something that's being accepted is you can't compartmentalize, you know, this is Alex from nine to five 30. And then this is Alex outside of that time. It doesn't work that way. We tried that for a very, very long time. Uh, and it kind of crashed and burned. <laughs> um, and yeah. so now how do you think about that whole self? How do you understand people outside of just their role and just the tasks or activities that you work on together and games give a really great way to explore that. Mm, I love that. Well, and you know, as you were speaking to us, so I, I love the idea of, you know, people being able to connect and seeing the whole person. And for some reason, what also popped up for me was stress relief, you know, because coming from uh, previously a very high stress uh, profession, right? So being in law enforcement, you're dealing with and seeing tragedy, tragedy every day. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of fun behind the scenes. And I know a lot of people think, um, you know, so certain professions, you have to be very, like you said, in a, a certain way around with people, but it was a great stress relief and helped us deal with a lot of stuff that we had to deal with on a daily basis. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, and, and absolutely. Other um, I've done a number yeah. of um, engagements with people in, in health, both health care and also public health um, mm-hmm. who are always dealing with, with crises and really high stakes. And our bodies physically are not meant to handle I mean, stress isn't a mental thing. It's like a physical thing. There's hormones in your body that go, you know, all out of whack. And, you know, if they're not, if they're too high for too long, it can cause all these other problems. We're seeing that all over the place with stress as being such a big contributor to things. So just giving some space to bring those levels down and to experience Mm -hmm. the, the hormones that come with joy and that come with connection and that come with meaning. Um, it, it's just, it's so critical. Yeah. I very much agree with that. And I think a lot of us have experienced some of those team situations where it would have been nice to have a little bit of a pause button, a reset, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking, whether it's those stressful times or maybe not even the stressful times, maybe the times you're simply looking to deepen a connection, help to brainstorm, advance a thought, where do you typically recommend people get started with games? For example, there are lots of different ways that you can incorporate games and fun into the flow of your work. Are there certain games that tend to work well for groups, just considering this is a strategy? Or are there various places you might recommend that people begin working to identify what's going to be best for them? Yeah, that's that's the massive question. And that's actually so the idea for, for Barometer, my company now bringing games into mm-hmm. work started as as a nugget four or five years ago of how do we spark better conversations and, and help teams be able to see themselves as allies, not as you know, your enemies all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, we've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations of other practitioners in this space and think who are like, yeah, I like the idea of games, but it has a reputation of forced fun or people have done so many awkward mm. things and, and it doesn't work. And then they, they sort of lose interest and become really cynical about the value of anything. So we've done so much yeah. thinking um, about and, and research into like the science of, of having a good game experience. And there's two, two ways that we look at it for picking the right game. One is thinking about what, well, both have to do with what are you trying to get out of it? Is this purely mm. fun or is this part of a bigger learning experience? And we think of it as there's three different tiers um, or levels of depth that you can get from play. 
One is is purely just fun, having that joy, getting to see people uh, in that 3D or 4D or 5D context, um, you know, who they are outside of the work. And just that alone is going to build trust. It's going to build empathy. It's going to build psychological safety, which is totally valuable in the workplace, really, really critical. If you add a level of reflection to it, you can get to, so let's say the three of us are playing I don't know, Monopoly. I hate that game, but let's say we're playing. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not taking it really seriously. I'm being really silly. Chris is like, I got to win. I'm buying up all the property. Like you guys are chit-chatting too much. And Stephanie is like getting really strategic and like, oh, I want to do these. We're approaching that game in very, very different ways. That's And each of us is affecting the experience of everybody else. So what can we notice about that? How can we bring a level of insight to, you know, Chris, are you always this competitive or is it something about this particular <laughs> game or did something happen this Wrong. morning that made you in the sort of like pugnacious mood and that's how you're showing up? Um, and being able to not just understand how are other people showing up, but to articulate it for yourself too. We're on autopilot all the time. And to just take a moment and be like, oh, this is how my mood is affecting how I'm communicating. Or this is how, um, you know, I really thrive well under deadline. So I'm trying to keep the pace of this, you know, moving really quickly. Um, And I'm annoyed because some people are just taking this not as seriously and being silly. Uh, It's just helpful to notice and articulate those things. So if you add some reflection, that that's a really, uh, really valuable takeaway you can get from the game of just like, analyzing your own and other people's behavior. And then the deepest level of depth is to look at, for this group of people, let's say the three of us are a functional team and we you know, put together a report every week. Um, and we're like, how can we work together better? If we play a couple different games and notice, you know what, it worked really well when we set up the instructions this way, or when these are the way we split up different roles. You can really get at organizational change and culture change and process improvement through the process of playing different types of games. So that's one of the lenses thinking about how deep do you want to go in terms of the takeaway. Um, The other is thinking about there's so many different types of games and different dynamics within the games that, um, that directly affect what the interpersonal experience is within that game. So picking a game that has the right type of dynamics and that will set up the right types of conversations or the right types of interaction that have to do with the learnings or the insights that you're trying to get people to take away. That's something we've put a lot of thought into and think is is really the key to, to having a great game experience. I just said a lot. I get so excited talking about that. I love it. It's incredible, <laughs> though, how much you can pull from something that sounds so simple. Yeah, Games yeah. are something most of us have been playing since we were kids. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. a lot of people's first memories might be around the games that they played. They invented them. Maybe they are things like Monopoly that a lot of us grew up with. But even just that I'm just so stuck on that example you used, how different people approach Monopoly, because how many of us have ever been involved in a game where someone flips the board over and it's like, we're done here, <laughs> oh, we're done, person. we're not Ask doing my this. my brother, have I have been the board Thank you for saying that, because I have also been the board flipper, and I'm not exactly proud of it. But what you've just described to me is the why. Because if, you know, very much like with anything we do, if you take that pause point and you say, this is why.
why I'm behaving this way. This is what I brought into this event or this experience as far as my energy, my mindset. This is how I'm approaching it. And this is why I'm feeling this or reacting this way. A lot of us know well enough, you know, that we should be doing this in the flow of work. But the idea of using a game to help you get to that point, I mean, the lessons that you can take from that seem to extend far beyond even what you might be doing as a moment in that moment as a team. These are things you can really learn about yourself and consider as you're moving forward. Yeah. I had no idea games could do that for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And once you start seeing games, I think there's people that probably like to play with me less now than they did maybe four or five years ago <laughs> because you can't turn That's it fine. off. Like even with, uh, I have a, a niece, she just turned seven and she is very much like me in terms of personality and she loves games. And I can see when she's trying to start cheating and like, I feel like I have to intervene. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I can't just be like the aunt that lets her win. I'm like, you know, I see what you're doing and it's making me, feel. I'm like, she's seven. The rational part of her brain does not even fully exist yet. And I'm trying to like yeah. analyze her behavior and get her to change her behavior. I can see you <laughs> sitting there like, so tell me why you just made that <laughs> Do you want to think about what, what you're bringing into this moment that led you to that? Do you I think that this. makes this that makes more sense. or less fun for me? <laughs> That's great. Oh, I I think it's fun though, because I I really love the use of games. uh, Well, especially during training, right? So, um, because it's so visceral, right? It it creates such a learning moment because you're engaging the auditory, the kinesthetic, the the visual, and it it really helps people retain. Mm -hmm. So, what are some other benefits uh, as far as learning goes with play? Yeah, the whole idea of practice. Um, you know, there's so much, I don't know about you guys. I've been through so many trainings over the 20 years of my career Uh where it's like, watch a PowerPoint. If you're lucky, there's like, turn to the person next to you and have a discussion. Uh, if you're really lucky, there's some interactive thing, but, but then it's like, okay, you're an expert in this. See you never again. And you go back to your work and you're like, I don't know how to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, it, you know, that's happened to me with everything from like an Excel course, but also when you're dealing with interpersonal skills with communication and time management and yeah. um, emotional intelligence, all of these things that have to do with other people, you have to practice that stuff. It is yes. really awkward to change your behavior and nobody does it just based on knowledge alone, just because somebody told you or explained yeah. something to you. You have to practice and games give a really good way to practice doing that, like giving feedback. We all say we want feedback and we want to give it. It is so scary. There are very few people that are actually good at giving or receiving (laughs) feedback. Yes. hundred percent. And a game is a really great way to be like, Hey, Chris, you know, the way that you gave the instructions, I was clear on this part, but this was really confusing. Is there a different way we could do it? Um, Or I Mm. think this way. And so maybe you could write out a quick instruction thing and send it to me ahead of time so that I can come to terms with it beforehand and then show up and have the right questions and not just be frustrated. There's a million little, little types of scenarios that you can practice and get more comfortable with and get comfortable talking about and working through that through games. And I think that's really huge. When you think about how we learned as kids, whether it was, you know, learning math or learning an instrument or, or sports, everything has to do with practice. And when you're an adult, it's like, I told you something once and now you have to know it forever <laughs> and ever. It's not fair. 
<laughs> and you know, it's it's funny even listening to you talk about that. I as I'm thinking about practice for whatever reason, the the memory that came to me is learning multiplication tables, which is something oh. I think a lot of us have to do. Oh, the sevens. I always grade. struggled on the sevens. Oh. I I found all of them to be challenging until I didn't. And the reason for that, of course, was practice. What I remember, though, is that we gamified it. There were lots of games involved mm-hmm. with helping you remember that. And what's curious to me is even now, all these years later, I don't even want to say how many years later, I remember the game just as much as I remember the outcome. Mm-hmm. And what that tells me is that there is a lot more to take from this than just mm-hmm. what you're supposed to be practicing. It's also going to be a about retaining the how and some of the strategies. And, you know, it's a better experience looking back on it because there were games involved than if we had been told, you will do this, you'll be tested on this, and then you will be done with this. You're an expert Mm -hmm. now. That worked when we were kids adding in the game. Why would it not work as adults? I mean, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And one of you said earlier, I can't remember who, but, you know, we tend to separate like the learning and the fun, um, Mm -hmm. which to me makes no sense because if you can combine them not only is the learning stickier, but then you're also getting mm. the benefits of the socializing and the shared experience at the exact yeah. same time. So it's really yeah. efficient. Mm-hmm. I think it is. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I have to ask this question. I think you can <laughs> tell Chris and I are absolutely sold on this. And in fact, very much part of the work that we do. I'd imagine though, for teams who are new to games, maybe new to the idea of allowing work to be fun. We know they still exist. And some of our listeners may be in those kinds of environments. What are some strategies that you might recommend for people who would like to incorporate games into the flow of their work? Are there conversations that you might start or places that might be a little easier or trying it out or something like that, that can help to get a conversation started to the point where you can maybe model it and then maybe just, you know, incorporate it? Because I know for a lot of us, there's a difference between training and entertaining. Games feel like entertainment and therefore do they have a place I think we'd argue yes, but how do you get through to the naysayers? It's a great question. That's where I think framing the game as related to something that that team cares about. If it's a team, if there are some new people on the team and they don't know each other, saying we're going to play this particular game because it's really great at getting out stories and it'll help us learn some learn about each other. Or if it's a team that just finished uh, a really huge project and just met a huge deadline and it's been really stressful. Let's do something to experience joy together. Let's celebrate. Let's make this. So I think saying, why are you asking people to do this thing that's new and maybe a little bit scary and connecting it to something that they care about um, is really valuable. And that's also where the the levels of depth can be really handy is you, you know, maybe you just want to keep it on the surface or if this is a group that maybe doesn't want just fun, they want to be like, you know, I have my friends and this is work, which is is totally fine. Then maybe put some sort of learning or growth outcome so that they know that that there's a purpose to it. You know, we're doing this to see, you know, we've had some communication issues. So we're playing this game to explore different communication styles and give us ideas for, you know, how we can improve our communication channels within our team. Nice. Oh, I love that. Mm, Now, 
I, we're getting close to rapid fire. So, but before we get there, can you share maybe how folks can learn more about this? Um, yes. So uh, my company is called Barometer XP. The XP is for experience. And we want everybody to be playing games with, with their teams, whether it's their functional team, whether it's leadership team, whether it's a board you're on, if it's your book club or something, it's just a really great way to spend time together um, in a structured way uh, and, and learn about each other. And uh, so you go to our website, we do monthly game sessions that people can join in. Uh, we share all kinds of stuff on, um, you could follow us on uh, all the social channels. Um, yeah. Those are the, those are the big things. Cool. Okay. At the point, we are at that point in every episode where we ask you three rapid fire questions require less than a 60 second response each. I'm ready. Ready? Yay. Okay. <laughs> First question. What is one book that everyone must read and why? Yeah, I've been thinking about this. They're a bit of a curveball. So I obviously am really obsessed with healthy connection and healthy belonging, but I'm fascinated by unhealthy connection and unhealthy relationships. And there was a book that came out a couple of years ago called Cultish by Amanda Montel that talks about cult psychology and cult language and everything. I mean, it starts with like the big, you know, Waco and, and those huge cults, but then it goes into like how cult language and mentality is used in marketing and in social media and in thinking oh, about, wow. you know, what, what creates a sense of belonging and what creates affinity and how can you do it in a healthy way and a not healthy way. I found it really fascinating and I, mm. I think about it a lot. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So definitely recommend that. I want to read that now. Yeah. There's a great, pod <laughs> I'm a great to podcast about culty <laughs> things too. So. Oh, cool. I love a good yes. podcast recommendation too. All right. That's one for the list. Yes. <laughs> I'm now fascinated. <laughs> what is one tool that you love to use and you can identify tool as anything that you want it? Yeah, to. I am a pretty basic. I would say any calendar scheduling tool. I live and die by my calendar. People look at it and think I'm crazy, <laughs> but I have to put all my internal stuff, like anything I wanted to do. It's not just I list it on the day. I have to create a time block for it. Um, so between like Google calendar and iCal, I would be totally, totally lost without my calendars. <laughs> yes. And sometimes I'm even lost yep. with my calendar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. Oh, okay. So what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I'm going to say this is something my dad would say to the family when I was a kid, and I was very embarrassed by it when I was younger. And now I feel like it was just brilliant advice. And that's, he would always say, what's the point in being normal? I would always complain that my parents mm. are really eccentric and why can't we be normal? And, you know, how come I, you know, was not like all the other kids in whatever ways. And he would always say, what's the point in being normal? And I think the more I've embraced that, it's almost become like my mantra in adult life. Of like, it's okay to forge your own path. You have to follow what's meaningful to you and, and what feels right mm -hmm. to you. Uh, and so now, you know, it was like a silly family motto, but now I would say it's, it was really brilliant advice that I think about all the time. I, I can't love that more. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I think so many people need to hear that because, I mean, what what is normal anyway? Just whatever is going to bring you joy, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, you should go ahead and do it. I love mm -hmm. your dad for sharing that and you for telling us about that. I mean, that's 
just such a wonderful, wonderful message. Yeah, I, I, I wish I had appreciated it when I was, you know, 12. <laughs> <laughs> we all wish we'd appreciated this yes. stuff when we were 12. <laughs> it's okay. Some of us even older than that. Alex, this has been an absolute blast. I have loved yeah. every minute of this conversation. I'm actually very sad that we're wrapping up because I feel like we could have like two or three times the amount of time that we we could just talk about this. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing so much great stuff with us today. It was a blast and I will happily come back and talk to you guys anytime. <laughs> and maybe we, we will play a game together it. next time. Oh my goodness. A, a podcast about <laughs> games that features a game? Who would have thought? That would be awesome. I, let's, I think we need to figure that one out. That'd be yes. a lot of fun. And of course, a huge thanks to all of you for joining us today. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you interested in learning more about the Metro DC chapter of ATD or following us on social media? Go to dcatd.org and click on About. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.